I'm Ralph Curry, and I'm a Batman fan going on maybe 50 years. I think I got my first Batman thing uh, when I was five years old. I'm much older than that now. And so throughout the house, there's bits of Batman stuff everywhere, but this is one of the larger concentrations of stuff. My parents were definitely enablers because they knew how much I was into it. And so they bought me the, that they found me the darkest bath towel. They got me the, uh, the ABCs of Batman. The first thing in my collection is, uh, is a book that, uh, that mum bought on sale, I think, because it's missing a couple letters from the alphabet uh, from Dutch Boy. And uh, it's got Robbie written on it, and it had a cardboard mask on the back that I did cut out and I did wear while driving up and down the sidewalk. And so, and I still have it. So they also enabled me because they didn't throw anything out. I know so many people that it's sort of like, oh, these stupid things, and they would ditch them. But that's, I think, one reason why I still have everything from when I was five is because. Uh, they never got rid of it. They, they knew that I really liked it. I got the, the black felt hat, which actually is one of the few things that I still don't have from, from those times. I would ride my tricycle as fast as possible up and down the street with the darkest bath towel tied around my neck. And, uh, and that just sort of stuck that uh, I have all the comic books that I had when I was that age. And uh, yeah, they're beaten up and read several hundred times, but but I still have them. Early as I can remember, I, that I would covet those Batman comic books, that uh, if the hall light was left on, that meant that I could, even though I was supposed to be asleep, I could read them, and if I heard mom and dad coming up the stairs, it would go underneath the, uh, the pillow. I slept on Batman comics for I don't know how many years. Going to visit uh, Grandma and Godridge was cool because I knew where all of the street lights were. So in the back seat of that car, which was glorious because you didn't have to work, do homework, talk on a cell phone. You just sat in the back seat of that car with maybe issue 213 because there's a lot of good stories in that one. And uh, and so when the lights would come on, that yeah, I'd, I'd read as fast as possible and then the, then we'd be in Mitchell and the lights would disappear. So you'd have to wait for C4. I think I do have a life outside of Batman, but uh, but yeah, every Christmas it would be the, uh, you know, oh my God, I want the caption action Batman outfit to go on my G.I. Joe. So I think too, when I look at the collection, there are certain items in the collection that when I look at them, I, I see the people that, that gave them to me. That uh, So it's, it's more than just, yeah, this is a cool piece of plastic, but man, Isaac gave me this. Or this was the one that uh, we had somebody uh, come in and he was about 12. He had played with this bat plane forever and, and you know was one of his favorites, but now that he's 12, he's a grown-up and should not play with, you should no longer be playing with toys, I guess. However, weird old Mr. Curry still plays with toys and so, you know, he gave me this bat plane. And so it's, it's I, I treasure that bat plane because it, you know, this was, you know, a favorite. And so, I have a couple of Batmobiles that are on loan because I said, you know what, don't give it to me. I'll make all the lights work, I'll put the right figures in it, and at some point in the future, so so my collection might go down in the future if these kids actually grow up, get kids of their own, and go, okay, I want my Batmobile back now, but I don't think that's gonna happen. 
I have no idea how many individual Batman pieces I have. I took down one wall recently and it was about 350 um, on the limited edition box set of the 66 TV series. The guy with, according to Guinness, the world's largest Batman collection has like 1100 pieces. And I'm going, oh, I could so blow that away. So I'm working on it, I'm working on it. Um, in this case, I guess is some of the, the stuff that, that really, really appeals to me. That uh, crash, bang, boom. I wore this ring in kindergarten doesn't quite fit now but uh, and actually you can see it next to a sterling silver one that uh, that somebody gave me but uh, but that was one of the first things I played with this Batmobile in my sandbox like crazy this is the one where hey look the fire comes out the back and it's even got the hook for the bat boat I totally had both of those things so and then I totally scored. I got the bigger one, which uh, and this is the first uh, first edition with the red on the uh, on the tires, and it makes the bat phone sound and fires the missiles. It's even got a bat ram on the front that uh, that comes firing out when you hit the button. So I love it. Um, one of my most treasured things in the collection. If the house was on fire, this might be one of the things that I grabbed to take out. Is this statue that was given to me for my first Father's Day? And as a piece of art, it's, it's an awesome thing that uh, Randy Bowen did the, uh, the sculpting of it and just the, the cape alone is, is, is amazing. So this is a limited edition Batman statue. I think it's 1991 is when it came out. But I just think in terms of art, I just think it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing piece. And this was my first Father's Day present. This very recently I got for Father's Day and this is from uh, my son Lucas, and so uh, that's why they're together. That uh, this is one of the statues from the Batman Black and White set. I think that because I like Batman so much, I never got rid of anything, and therefore uh, some of the stuff that you see around here, the ring that's behind me, I wore in kindergarten, um, and so you know I held on to it. So I guess I was collecting it then. And, uh, and yeah, reading another Batman story was totally cool. So at some point, uh, when my kids got old enough, we stopped playing with the new Batman figure. So now I'm buying figures just because I think they're totally cool or they're a certain artist or whatever else. And so, and that, I don't know, that's somewhere in the last 15 years maybe is when it's sort of like, yep, I'm probably not gonna play with that at all, even though it's really cool. Um, here's something that I had when I was a, uh, this is a record for you younger kids. It was played on a turntable. It's a piece of plastic vinyl that actually had music on it, and so you would have to stream it by putting a needle on. Um, I actually have two copies of the record. I have the mono version and the stereo one, and the music is just awful. One of the things that I was totally into as a, as a kid was bubblegum cards. I have so many sets of cards. This is a, a re-release. Uh, set and uh and do i have the full set of the originals no but i do have all the ones that i had and i would hell i would trade an entire hockey team to get a batman card that uh that i didn't have before and uh the first set was uh what they call the black bats and then the next ones had puzzles on the back so it was so cool to buy this set because i could finally see what the freaking missing card was on the puzzle that i 
I didn't have as a kid. A recent acquisition that I that I made was a partial set. And I gather this is from Holland, I think, or something like this. It's it's a no, it says printed in England, but get a load of this. It's the same card set, but not the same size. The cards, it's the same artwork, the same stuff on the the front and back, and uh, but again, what a what an oddball thing. So I I loved it. I had to have these because it was uh, I had never seen them before, and you know a 1966 set and just so weird. Some of the things that I look for to collect are the weirdest things going. I have some great knockoffs that are just horribly ugly that you can tell were totally unlicensed. I have this one car that's got such a variety of Batman periods stuck on it with words that I've, there's like George Clooney with a star on some of the, the things to it. It's like, why is that there? But, uh, but I bought it and I love it because it's so ugly. And uh, so you could go just for like the weirdest stuff. I have a set of Batman dress shirt button covers. I have a Batman snorkel set. I have, you know, the, the weirdest stuff. So I think that you could get into collecting just the oddball. So I try to collect everything, I guess. But I, but I stop. The good news is that you'll never get it all. It would be impossible, even if you are a Nicolas Cage or a, a somebody with just gobs of money that wants every issue, that uh, you won't. You won't get them. This is kind of cool because it's a, a Viewmaster, but of course with a Batman head on it. And, uh, oh yeah, is that ever cool? So the one that I'm looking in right now is a 1966 Viewmaster. It's like, uh, oh, this is, this is so cool. Can you see? Maybe. 4K, you should be able to. Um, that particular set is from uh, an original 66 Viewmaster uh, set. And this one, what made, it, what made it different was that it actually came with a little comic book that was for, the, uh, was for it. And it's the first Catwoman. Uh, the guy who enables me by saving my comic books at the comic book store grew up in Germany. And again, was a huge Neil Adams fan. Has all the original ones, including in German. Uh, so he, when he, the first time he came to see the collection, brought me this. I have no idea what Die Schrift mit hmm is, but uh, it's pretty cool. I love that it says Batman and Superman, and there's no bat on his chest. What's with that? But uh, 1971, it says. But I, again, I love it because it's just so different. A Batman and Robin Bierstein, and I think somewhere on it, it says made in Germany. Yes, so you know it's authentic. And have I drunk beer out of it? It'd be difficult, because I don't drink beer, but, uh, but boy, I bet you it would, beer would taste good if it came out of a Batman Bierstein. Batman, uh, Wonder Woman, and Superman are, are about the only three characters that have been in continuous print publication since the late 1930s. And, uh, with Batman, he was enough of a chameleon that, that I think that they could easily, there wasn't you know, horrible violence in the, uh, in the issues even before the comics code came in, but he definitely became pretty, pretty generic uh, afterwards. And uh, so then in the early 60s, uh, a different editor, and they said, you know what, we're either gonna cancel him or do something with him. And so uh, Julie Schwartz changed the look of the comic book. They, they made it more detective again. And, uh, and they got rid of Bat-Hound and, and Bat-Girl and Bat-Woman and Bat-Ape, and I'm not kidding. And uh, 
and and so that was a great change and uh and so there was that for just a couple of years and then some producer supposedly saw i have the issue sitting there the uh 171 with the riddler on the cover and and thought huh so between those things they thought okay let's do a tv show so adam west burt ward it runs for only three seasons but uh, it has been running continuously somewhere on the planet ever since and uh, and that is when I got involved at about age five, and just this was the most amazing thing. Particularly if you went over to Grandma's because they had color television, and the color of that show was just so amazing. The sets, everything, was just so cool. When I watch them now, it, it's definitely a totally different vibe. But then it was just totally heroic, and it was so popular that they changed the comic books then to to be more like that. That you had a lot more pows and bams and suckos on the uh, on the comic books as well and then it was over and so a couple of uh, writers and artists at uh, at the comics decided you know what let's make him a dark knight detective again so in the early 70s there was this change back to you know now he's he's not during the day he's at night there are stories with with vampires in him because you can do that now because the code's been sort of rescinded and and um so it's definitely almost a supernatural air to it. Neil Adams is the the locking god of of the the Batman changeover. That uh, he drew him so so much more realistic. That the cape was just such an amazing flowing living entity. Here's a cover of Batman 200. This is the first time that Neil Adams' artwork appeared in the Batman title. And so he, coupled with a, a writer named Denny O'Neill came up with this, just some amazing stories. And so this is one of the other V issues. This is 251. They bring back the Joker, and the Joker is not a clown like he was in the, the 60s. He's murdering people. He's leaving them with, uh, you know, Joker grins on their faces after they're dead, which is which is what he was doing in the 40s. And so uh, this, this was definitely a landmark issue. And so uh, there was different writers and artists through the 70s, so... So by the time you hit 1980, it, it, Batman was back to being a, a, a creature of the night. To approach Batman collecting, it, it's so cool because you, you could approach it as a, as a kid. There are so many neat toys uh, now that you could, if you were into toys and the artwork that's on the packages, that, that yeah, there's, there's a ton of stuff that you could go after. You could go after certain periods of the, we talked about how Batman's changed over the years that, uh, for some reason, I like going for go-go checks. I think I have all the Batman detective issues that had the little black and white checks on the top of the issue so that they would stand out in the newsstand. When I look at my collection, I'm amazed at the variation of industries involved. I have so many boxes of Batman Valentines. I have so many packages of Batman serviettes. Uh, somebody said, hey, do you have a Batman toothbrush? I stopped counting after 10. I have one that's a Batmobile where you push the button and it opens. I have four different uh, Batman electric toothbrushes. Probably more than that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I have the little kids travel folding Batman toothbrushes. Um, do, I, do I use Batman toothbrushes? Yes, I have. Um, uh, and uh, so you could go for Batman toiletries and there would be a ton of stuff to collect. Uh, you could go for just variant covers of Batman issues, and sadly now it's unusual when an issue comes out and it's got one cover only. And, uh, and so I, I think that, uh, 
And it could be worse. I could be into Star Wars. Or worse, I could be into X-Men. But no, Batman is it. Uh, and there's just no end of stuff. Somebody recently gave this to Carol Ann to give to me. We get along because we support each other's questionable choices. I know that I married the right woman because uh, not only did she buy me that Father's Day statue, but she was the one that suggested my starting bid on Batman number two at an auction at a, at a local comic book house. So even though I had a kid and mortgage payments and all this other stuff, I went to an auction and I bought this second issue of Batman, the summer 1940 issue. This would be about only the fourth or fifth appearance of Robin the Boy Wonder. It's the first time they call the jewel thief the Catwoman. It's the second appearance of the Joker. And it has a really cool Red Rider BB gun ad on the back. So this is a real piece of treasure for another reason, isn't it? When I first saw it, I, I, I was confused because it has a 15 cent cover price. And in 1940, this should have been 10 cents. So I didn't know why. So, and yet it seemed to be legit, 1940, blah, blah, blah. I wound up buying it. Uh, couldn't sleep that night because I'd just blown a lot of money on an old piece of paper. Uh, and then I called DC Comics, expecting to get Earl, the guy in the archive room or something like that. And so uh, the guy from The Simpsons that, that has the voice like this goes, huh, I'd have to put you through to someone else for that. So. Then I get this phone message that says, hi, it's Denny O'Neill, leave a message, beep. And I totally geek out, it's like, Denny O'Neill, Denny O'Neill, the guy that was running with Neil Adams, and the, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And so I go, uh, 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 I wasn't expecting Denny O'Neill's voicemail, and I'm thinking, oh, damn it, I just established myself as a total geek, and then I go, I didn't spend all this money on the 50 cent cover price, goodbye. And so an hour or so later, I get a call from an assistant editor, and they say, I've got this, cryptic message left on Denny O'Neill's answering machine. Uh, so we find out, uh, this guy puts me in touch with one of the editors at the Overstreet uh, Guide. Um, I have to, he goes, send me a photocopy of it. And uh, I'm going, well, isn't that gonna hurt it with the light? And so I, I go into a Kinko's with a, a small black case handcuffed to my wrist and going, yeah, I need a color copy. Yeah, just leave it, we'll you know, do it. I go, no, no, that's no, not gonna happen. So I open it, show them that this is inside, and they're going, wow, we don't wanna touch that. Get it out of here. So we actually took it to a, a place that does uh, blueprint uh, duplication. And, uh, and so had copies of the first page inside covering this. We sent it to Overstreet, because again, they said, Send me, a, send me a photocopy because we might want to put it in the book. And I'm thinking, oh. So it, uh, they decided that yes, this is a Canadian version of the 1940 number two issue. That uh, by number three, they changed it so that it said 10 cents or 15 cents in Canada. And it's, they've been basically doing that ever since. But for the number two issue, supposedly of Superman as well, that even though I don't think there is one that exists for a Superman, but that's, that was the explanation of the 15 cents. So they changed the Overstreet Guide to say that uh, there is a 15 cent cover known to exist, meaning a single cover. So uh, I, I might've made a good investment on this sucker because it's supposedly the, the one and only 15 cent uh, Batman number two that exists.
And how much is it worth? I don't know, but man, it's like, it, uh, when you marry the right woman and she actually suggests your opening bid and you get this one-of-a-kind thing, all the stuff that's in my collection you could have, somebody else could have it. There's, there's tons of copies. There's, in some cases, millions of copies of some of the things in my collection. But this, this is the only thing in my collection that is, is truly one-of-a-kind. I can't remember not liking Batman. And so uh, it's, it's always been that way. And uh, sometimes I go, man, someday I'm going to wake up and go, boy, that was a stupid waste of time and money. But uh, it hasn't happened yet. And I'm really excited about the next movie. I really enjoy reading the next issue. And I love it when I find that thing that just looks so totally stupid but has got ears on it.